call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have as our guest today, Geraldine Hogan, who is the author of Career Moves for Teachers and Other Professionals, Strategies for a Successful Job Change. She is a former elementary school teacher, attorney, and judge. Geraldine, are you there? Yes, I am, and thank you so much for having me. Well, it's glad to, I'm glad to have you here. It's uh, this is it's some interesting topics you've got from, from a lot of interesting things that you do. Um, I wanted to ask you first about the the ex expectations or the difficulty of making a complete transition to a, a different career. Okay, well, I can start by saying that um, I always wanted to be a teacher. I thought from the time that I was, uh, was very young that I would grow up and become a teacher, and I never thought that I would want to make a career move once I actually became a teacher. However, after teaching for probably about six or seven years, I started to realize that I really didn't want to continue teaching for the next 30 or or more years. So I started to think about other career options that I had. And at the time um, that I was thinking about it, I actually was called to jury duty. And that sparked my interest in the law. So I could say it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy transition. But I just, once I made up my mind that I was going to make a change, and after I decided what I was going to do, then I found out the exact steps that I needed to take in order to make that transition, and that's what I did. So it wasn't easy, but I realized it was doable, and I just had to make the decision to put the wheels in motion and make the changes necessary. Well, you can tell, I can tell, that you made some, made some good choices there. Um, by the way, what grade were you teaching in school? I was teaching elementary school. I taught kindergarten, first, and second grades. Ah, uh -huh, okay. Um, I think that you're also listed here as a speaker, and I'm curious to know how much speaker you're doing, speaking you're doing, or if you uh, have done any virtual work in, in speaking. I have done, I, the most recent thing that I've done over, um, before the end of the summer, um, I did for a, an organization where it was actually virtual, and I did a presentation with them on setting and reaching goals. I do, um, I've spo spoken for different organizations. Normally, I don't market myself as a speaker, but I am a speaker, and I do uh, events for different people or I participate in their events as they come about. My primary topic or focus is on helping people to set and reach career goals, and that's sort of my, my focus. Well, 
it certainly uh, is, I should say the decisions are tough now for people to, uh, how, you, how do you get rid of the fear with all this COVID com coming around and loss of jobs and who's going to go next, that type of thing. That, what do you think about that? How's that affecting? Uh... It's so interesting because I'm in the process of writing an article now on that very topic of for people who have either lost their jobs, people who have been furloughed and they don't know if they're going to lose their jobs, or people who realize that they're in a career that they may want to transition to another career that might provide a little more stability as we go through this whole um, COVID pandemic. So I think probably the very first thing that people have to realize is that fear is an emotion and it's caused by our thoughts, and we really need to take control of those thoughts. So if you allow fear to dominate you and to dominate your actions, it makes it very difficult to continue to move forward. So, for example, Disney just um, announced, I think they laid off 20, over 28,000 people, and I have in-laws who work for Disney and have worked for Disney for, for a very long time. And so my initial concern was, are they okay? Are my relatives okay? Because they were working at Disney and, and, and communicating with them. Uh, my sister-in-law said, no, they haven't been affected yet. So the fear is that, okay, we may not have to make a move now, but we may have to make a move at some point in the future. And I think that most people have to realize that, okay, just take control of your thoughts Realize that you may need to make a change and start putting the, you know, start putting the wheels in motion. If you think that you might be in the, have to make a career move, and some people are making career moves who've been on jobs for over a decade or, or even 20 years or more, and they aren't to the point where they want to retire, but they may have to make a change. And I think the hardest thing to do in making a change is having a fear of the unknown. But if you put it in perspective and look at it as this is an opportunity for me to do something perhaps that I've never done before, I've learned how to do what I've been doing. I have the ability to learn something new, and I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone and do that. And once we put that in perspective, I think it makes transitioning a lot easier because sometimes fear is actually paralyzing, and we don't want to do anything. So that's kind of how I approach change, and it's how I encourage others to do the same. Does that make sense? I well, don't know if that makes sense or if it answered your question. No, you, you did, and it makes good sense. Uh, I remember a time a number of years ago that I was wrestling with the same issue. Mm -hmm. I was a CPA at the time, mm -hmm. and I uh, uh, had this battle going on in my head of whether I was going to think about success or if I was going to think about rejection. Mm. And, and uh, you know, this went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But I've always been a, a pretty positive person. Mm -hmm. So just being patient brought me uh, a much better job and uh, a, better, a better life experience, I should say. And I think when you probably think about it, you realize that everything didn't happen all at once. 
that you had to take one step, and then after you took the first step, then you were able to see what the next step would be. Sometimes I think we want to see everything before we even take the first step. And for me, when I decided to become an attorney, I never thought that I would you know, become a judge. It just wasn't even in my realm of thinking. It was only after practicing law for many years that, you know, I actually realized that I had the ability to do even more. But I didn't see it when I, you know, when I was applying to law school. You know, my hope was just to get in and out of law school and pass the bar exam. It was not thinking about every career or every job that I would have after that. So I think another thing that we need to think about when we're in a position where we're forced or even desire to make a change in any area of our lives, that we take it one step at a time, that we don't wait until we have all of the answers before we take the very first step. I see that you went to law school in Gainesville, Florida. Yes. U of F. Yes. Gator. Uh, I actually, <laughs> believe it or not, I actually went to graduate school. I received a master's of education um, at the University of Florida, and I also received my law degree de over a decade later in, uh -huh. um, at, the, at the law school. So I spent um, quite a number of years in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. We're, I'm in Texas. Uh, my youngest son uh, went to school there in Gainesville. Oh, okay, great. Um, and he graduated two years ago with a Ph.D. in chemistry. Great for him. That's yeah, awesome. he's, I'm proud of him. He's doing real well. But, uh, you know, I'm sure you had a lot of people around you being proud of you, too. <laughs> I'm looking here at the um, uh, certification by the uh, Florida Supreme Court. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I am a certified mediator. I just I retired in 2008 in December of 2018 I retired from my position my judicial position I had worked as a judge for more than 12 years and I and when I resigned when I retired I started a mediation practice my focus as a as an attorney and as a judge was in the area of workers compensation law and now I mediate workers compensation cases and that allows me to help the parties resolve the injured worker and the employer representatives to resolve cases without judicial intervention. So mediation is a process where we informally discuss the issues that um, have been put into litigation. And then if we're able to resolve them, we can resolve them where the parties can actually have a say, some say as to how the case will resolve as opposed to going to a hearing before a judge, which was the position that I previously held. And as a judge, I, make the I made the decisions. The parties would present evidence, but I would make the ultimate decision. So it's, the certification is, requires additional coursework, observing other mediators who are doing the work that I intended to do before I became a mediator, and then getting certified by the Florida Supreme Court as a mediator that allows me to do the mediations. Well, I'm uh, certainly aware of mediation. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of mediation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there have been 
times that you thought we thought that this will never work out but but a mediator if they're worth their salt then you know they know what's going on and they'll find a way to get it done absolutely absolutely and sometimes it just takes listening to people so that you can see what the real issues are sometimes when you when you first hear someone say something you think it seems clear, but after you ask additional questions, you realize that people, some people are holding on to anger, some people are holding on to frustrations, and they just can't let go. And sometimes just trying to get them to have a mindset of moving forward and you know, putting things that have happened, especially in work-related um, injuries where people have gotten hurt oftentimes through no fault of their own. And the system does not allow for recovery of certain things as if, you know, you were in a slip and fall accident or other types of personal injury cases. So helping injured workers to see that, you know, this is, you've, you've had an experience. It was not a good experience. It wasn't your fault. But you have the ability to, res to decide how you're going to respond to this going forward. And getting people to really think about forward movement has really helped me in mediating workers' compensation cases. And I had a very good friend mm -hmm. who, who's passed, uh, and I miss him a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, he was my attorney mm -hmm. back in the um, in the late '80s, and uh, until he passed in the early '90s. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that he did. Uh, he established mediation in the state of Texas. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he started out with uh, handing out pamphlets to the the other lawyers. Mm -hmm. And the pamphlet was a, um, a pamphlet done by, uh, her name was called Peace Pilgrim. Wow. And, and she... Um, she would, uh, in, 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 in an effort to bring awareness to peace and good things, she um, uh, walked across the country oh my God. many times. Wow. <laughs> and he would give these, you know, he, he read in their, the brochure that she left and passed those out to the other lawyers and then soon it was soon they were they were getting the idea soon they were they were tired of of uh of, of throwing knives and hatchets in the courtroom fighting <laughs> you know mm -hmm. you're fighting absolutely and uh it was he was uh, he was quite a guy awesome quite a guy that's amazing yeah. it is amazing and we call that, you know, I, some, you know, mediation is one form of alternative dispute resolutions. And you're mm -hmm. taking people who have disputes, and the very word dispute conjures up a negative um, thought or a negative feeling. But mediation provides an opportunity to kind of, you know, do things without all of the fighting, without all of the bickering, and trying to get people to focus on resolving disputes in a more positive way. So I'm really impressed that your friend started it in the state of Texas. That's amazing. Yes, it is. They even uh, uh, they still give him an annual uh, a, the best um, mediator or arbitrator 
every year in the state of Texas, they they award. Okay, you know, named after your, with, your your friend. That's right. Wow. Yeah, Steve Bruchet was his name. That's amazing. That's yeah. Now, that's he, an accomplishment to get attorneys yeah. to actually agree to it. Not all, not everybody thought that it would be possible to actually implement those alternative um, resol- ways to resolve legal cases. So that's amazing. And it's done in all – I don't – I mean, in the state of Florida, we don't mediate criminal cases. But in most civil cases, mediation is an alternative. I don't believe that Texas uh, has mediation in criminal cases. I don't think so. No. It, it just doesn't, just in thinking about it, it doesn't seem like a, a very good it's fit. not feasible, no. Although it's, yeah. some people have talked about it, it's not feasible. Um, when I first started my legal career, I started as a prosecutor with the Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office. And in, juvies, in juvenile, in the juvenile division, we did mm-hmm. not have the mediations, but we were able to, to discuss um, what the, I guess it would be the, it, what we, I, we didn't really call it sentencing, but there were different um, placement facilities for juveniles who had committed certain types of crimes, and we could discuss with the defense attorneys what, and the judges what those um, placement facilities would be or the type of placement that they would receive because they were juveniles. So hopefully the hope was that they would receive help. Good. Well, most programs are good. Um, and you can probably tell that by the you know, the products being you know produced. Mm-hmm. They um, and I know it's 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 a serious endeavor that you take take a kid and turn him the right direction. Exactly. exactly. You, you have to think about those things and make it a priority. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was looking over your book chapters. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them, the, the last one I guess I jumped to, mm-hmm. was the unforeseen obstacles. Now, I, I don't have a crystal ball, mm-hmm. but some people think they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so what are the unforeseen obstacles? It's so interesting because um, what the whole premises of the book is, it's actually it's career moves for teachers and other professionals and strategies for a successful job change. So as you implement the strategies that I discuss in the book, which include things like deciding what you want, you know, creating a plan, and then you take steps on implementing your plans. And inevitably, when you start to make a major change in your life, whether it's your career or uh, it could be anything, it could be anything regarding your life where you decide, I'm going to make a change, I'm going to do something different. It could be pertaining to health and wellness, but in this case, it's your career. If it's a major change, then inevitably you may face an obstacle. And the obstacle may come up when you least expect it, and that's why I say an unforeseen obstacle. So what I try to have people do is to have systems in place so that when that obstacle occurs, you will have a way to deal with it. So for many of us, it's our faith. It might be our religious beliefs. It may be our family. It may be our friends. But we have to continue to cultivate those relationships 
so that if something happens, we can we won't fall completely apart. So for me, one of the things that happened was after my first year of law school, I was in the process of getting ready for final exams, and my father passed away suddenly of a massive heart attack. Mm. And I had talked with him the night before, and he was actually talking about retirement and what he was going to do after he retired. So to find out in less than 24 hours that he was gone was a shock. And I'm in the process of studying for finals. So it was like at one point I honestly could not see how I was going to be able to pull it together and get through just in that first year of law school because finals are, well, they are finals. Our grade was determined by the final that we took in the class. So it wasn't an accumulation of grades that was the grade, and I was just getting started with the finals. So it was like, it was really, really hard. But then I had to stop and think about, you know, what what did my faith tell me? If I really believed what I professed to believe, how is that going to help me? And I talked with my family members and I talked with my friends and I received encouragement from them. So thinking back over it, I wasn't really kind of thinking through it at the time, but as I looked back over that period of time, I realized that there were certain systems that I did have in place that helped me to deal with that unforeseen obstacle that occurred. And that is basically what I try to encourage people to do, to think about, you know, don't take for granted those people in your life who are there when you really need them. Don't, you know, that's that's a value to you, and you want to continue to cultivate those relationships, you will help your friends and your family. They will help you, and you will count on each other when you need them. So that's basically what I try to, try to um, help people to think about and to make sure that they have those systems in place because, like you said, we don't have a crystal ball. None of us do. We don't know what may happen in the future. And there are many people experiencing that right now as we're going through this pandemic where people are going through things that they never thought. You know, they had jobs that they deemed were secure, and now those jobs are gone. So you things things will come up in our lives. And you've had, I know I've read a little bit about your story, so I know that you know what it's like to face an unforeseen obstacle or you have something come up just to blindside you that you don't think is, you know, you weren't even thinking that this would happen. And now here you are in the midst of something that could totally alter or will alter your life, but you have to be able to put it in, in perspective and rely on those systems that you have to help you get through it. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, Steve Bruchet uh, pulled me through. Mm-hmm. He, he was, the best way I can put it, he was a God-sent attorney. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was just uh, an amazing communicator. Wow. And uh, he was an amazing communicator. And he was talking on all levels to everybody at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what allowed me to demonstrate my trustworthiness, my integrity, mm-hmm. that they, uh, in, in effect, uh, wanted me to, to help out what they were doing. And I, and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it was a, an interesting period of time in my life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what things happen. And sometimes you, you don't know what to do with them. But then you have someone that does. And he was, uh, like I say, he was God's hand. Wow. Do, do people still call you judge? 
Some people do, actually. Some people do. Mm-hmm. I try to tell people, look, my name is Geraldine. Call me Geraldine. But some people will. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard, for especially for the attorneys that were practicing in front of me. Aha. Yes. Okay. Interesting. But most and of my friends and family, they have always called me Geraldine. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, tell, if you would, tell us our... Uh, how to find you all our listeners are out there with their pen and pencil in hand tell them how to get a hold of you or find your book that type of thing please absolutely i you can reach me at geraldinehogan.com that's my website geraldinehogan.com you can also purchase the book career moves for teachers and other professionals strategies for a successful job change is available on amazon so Amazon.com, and there's also a link to the book on my website at GeraldineHogan.com. I've also started a Facebook group. It's we're, I'm just getting it started. I have a podcast on HealthyLife.net, and I am starting a Facebook group to coincide with the HealthyLife.net podcast where I bring in people to discuss various things that – people can do when they're actually in the process of considering making a career move and that is called career moves with geraldine hogan very good very good geraldine thank you for for being our guest today thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed it and thank you listeners for tuning in to searching for integrity so long And happy trails to all.